catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. When it comes to moving from one place to another, comfort, safety, and speed stand tall. Cars as we know them now came into global use during the 20th century in the year 1886, which is regarded as the birth year of the modern car when German inventor Karl Benz patented his Benz patent motorwagen. Cars became widely available in the early 20th century. One of the first cars accessible to the masses was the 1908 Model T, an American car manufactured by the Ford Motor Company. Cars were rapidly adopted in the United States of America where they replaced animal-drawn carriages and carts but took much longer to be accepted in other parts of the world like Africa. On Friday, April 17, 1998, the British Broadcasting Corporation, BBC, ran a story by its correspondent in Lagos, Nigeria, Hilary Anderson, titled The All African Dream Machine. It would go into history as the first indigenous Nigerian car and the first automobile of indigenous all-African technology produced by an engineer in Nigeria, Ezekiel Izogu, and launched in 1997, the Z600. The basics of a car used to be controls for driving, parking, passenger comfort, and a variety of lights, but over time, additional features and controls have been added like rear reversing cameras, air conditioning, navigation systems, and in-car entertainment. Most cars in use in the early 2020s are propelled by an internal combustion engine filled by the burning of fossil fuels. Some cars, however, which are powered by electricity from batteries of a fuel cell called electric cars were invented early in the history of the car, but became commercially available in the 2000s. In Africa, this transition may not be as widespread because most Africans cannot even afford a new car powered by the fossil fuel product petrol, so they go for used vehicles instead. Between 2015 and 2018, the European Union, Japan and the United States exported about 14 million used vehicles worldwide, and 40% of these used vehicles went to African countries. The low prices of these vehicles create high demand for them in Africa, but it seems like a more expensive move in the long run. The race for Africa's electric vehicle space has already begun, though. Quoting tech blog TechNext, Despite the many deterring challenges like poor power generation and infrastructure on the continent, some players have nonetheless decided to be pioneers of this industry. In Kenya, the ARC ride has started penetrating the market with its electric two- and three-wheelers. Similarly, Rwandan startup Ampersand and Uganda's Kiramotos are making a push with their electric bikes and locally-made electric buses, respectively. While from Nigeria, Jet Motor Company is joining with the launch of the first fully electric van to be made in Africa, the Jet EV. Well, those are texts drawn from a Nigerian tech blog site, Tech Next. Now we ask, how achievable is this race to transition? There's a team from Jet Systems Automobile Limited to discuss this. The head of strategy, Joseph Osanipi, the technical head, Uchendu Ebuka, and the director of sales and marketing, Sanjay Rupani, all of the Jet Systems Automobile Industries Limited are here and we're discussing this transition. Welcome. How are you all doing? It's good to have you here. Good morning, Good morning, Anthony. Yeah. Good morning, Anthony. 
Yes, yes, yes. It's really great to have you all here. Um, Joseph, Uchendu, and Sanjay. Now, the move from petrol to electric-powered vehicles seems to be ahead of its time. Tell us a bit about the why. Uh, Tony, uh, is this a question that a lot of people have asked? Are we ahead of time? No. Because currently, we, we work over in developed country in Western world, the electric vehicle is the in thing, is what people are moving toward now. Different countries have come up with deadline or uh, a, a, a date when they were expecting majority of their vehicle fleet to be moved from internal combustion engine to electric vehicle. So while some countries are looking at 2030, others are looking at 2035, 2040, and by 2050, greater percentage of the vehicle on the road, especially in Western world, will be electric vehicle. This is the era where everyone is talking about green. We are going green. We want to preserve our environment. We want the, the generation coming after us to have a sustainable environment. And for us to achieve that, we have to start now. And by starting now, it means we have to produce vehicles that will be environmental friendly and will not add to the pollution we are expressing now. So that's why we are not ahead of time. And again, if we are talking of time, you know, most of vehicles that we use in Nigeria, even as of now, less than 95% of the vehicles you see on Nigerian road are imported. If we import this vehicle from Western world, and Western world are moving away from internal combustion engine, if we say we don't want to change and align ourselves with the trend, we'll be surprised that the change will leave us behind, the trend will leave us behind. And when we want to import again, we find it difficult to get internal combustion engine. When everybody has moved, if you refuse to move, we just be left behind. And that's why we said, look, we don't want to be left behind. We need to start something. And that's why we start now. I don't think it's ahead of time. We have to start so that we can learn, understand the challenges we are going to face and try and start addressing those challenges before the Western world will stop producing internal combustion engine. So for us in jet automobile jet system, we have decided that we want to be the pioneer. We want to be the face of Africa in the mobility space. And that's why we have come with this. We are moving ahead. Gradually, we will get there. Yeah, so a lot of people may not really understand why Africa or Africans even need electric vehicles. But that's, you know, something different. Now, what's the difference between the current petrol-powered vehicles and the electric vehicles? And then I've also heard of hybrid vehicles which combine petrol and, you know, the electric components. And don't you think this may be a more common and maybe an even greater option instead of a full transition to EVs? Let me start from the internal combustion engine um, vehicles, which are vehicles that have internal combustion engine with a whole number, a whole lot of moving parts, which produce high level of pollution in the environment. And then from the internal combustion engine, we move to the hybrid vehicles, which is a combination of the internal combustion engine 
and the batteries that are able to power the vehicle, that is the chargeable batteries that could power the vehicle also, which is a switch, which is a switch from the electric to internal combustion engine. From there, we'll now move to the BEVs, which are the 100% battery electric vehicles. Now, when you look at the, these three put together, for the internal combustion engine, we have so many number of moving parts and the maintenance costs of these vehicles are on a very high side. Now, but when for the electric vehicles, we'll have lesser number of moving parts, which reduces the cost of maintenance. That's on the issue of maintenance. Now, for the internal combustion engine, we'll have a high level of pollution, which affects our ecosystem. But for the um, electric vehicles, we don't have any form of pollution because there is no combustion. This is the proper comparison between these particular three uh, different kinds of vehicles. Yes. Now, considering the electricity challenge in Nigeria, some people are thinking uh, the fact that you know, countries like Kenya, South Africa, and maybe even Ghana seem to be a better base when it comes to stable and accessible electricity. Why did Jet Motors choose to start in Nigeria? Sanjay. Okay, now fair enough point for you to raise that why did we choose Nigeria to go in for electricity where we know that the power supply is still apolitical. The, you know, it's it's not that favorable to... But, but then look at it in the sense that uh, today, with the kind of project what we have embarked upon, you know, with, with wherein we are looking at putting through Nigeria the transitioning of uh, adaptability to the mobility, to the electric mobility world, we, so that we have, we are putting Africa onto the footprints of the global mobility chain. So uh, for that to be achieved, it's something that we have. If we keep waiting for the time, you know, we'll keep cribbing about it and we'll still be looking at it. But we have to keep waiting that the favorable policies are not in place and everything. But if it is something which is achievable, yeah, definitely it is achievable. You have to, yeah, it is challenging, but definitely uh, with the infrastructure development. And then then again, if you look at it, uh, what we have started out at Jet Systems is we have brought in the electric version of the cargo type so, which, you know, uh, today, uh, looking at the power supply situation in Nigeria, we know it, that uh, the, the kind of people we are looking at targeting, which is the fleet operators and the courier companies and the government parastrals and the institutions. Today, a, a, anywhere you go, definitely, uh, they have their own generators to power it up from. Th- this is, I'm giving you, this is the situation on ground as of now. In future, we are definitely sure that with the support for infrastructure development and everything, things will materialize in a much better way. But today, even in today's world, where everybody, all the corporates and every uh, every uh, institutions are depending on generators themselves to uh, power these things. So if you look at it in that sense, and then we are trying to power the uh, jet, uh, the, uh, the charging of our electric vehicles, it is more feasible and more easier for them to do it because you are cutting down the cost of fueling by drastically. And by, by what I mean to say drastically is, now if you consider our jet mover uh, electric vehicle, which can go do uh, on, a, uh, on a full charge about 240 kilometers. So now on the same kind of thing, if I'm looking at it, uh, if you imagine to cover that kind of a distance with a petrol vehicle, you'll end up burning fuel of anywhere between 13 to 15,000 approximately. And then again, you still have to look at the other aspects of maintenance and everything. But then when you look at our, our EV, which can charge in less than two hours, so even if we are it's powering on the generator, which, which is right now still not the ideal situation we want to be because when we are trying to promote the green energy, generator is still not the thing. But in, in the near future, with the so, when the solar power and everything will also be developed, the infrastructure, definitely things will be brought down. So definitely, I would not say that uh, uh, Nigeria has a base because it is the population is so big wherein we are able to reach out to the masses in a much better way. 
Quite interesting. Now, one of the major issues you brought about is the infrastructure and the regulations and the regulatory void that exists in many African countries is really huge. How are you engaging with regulators and policymakers and what policies do you recommend for bodies in charge of the automotive design and development councils across Africa? Okay. In Nigeria, as you just said, we have the Nigeria Automotive uh, Design and Development ABC, Council. Who is the yeah, Design and Development Council, yeah, headed by the engineer Delami. The, the council is responsible for regulating the assembling uh, uh, assembly company, that is, vehicle assembly company in Nigeria, as well as vehicle uh, manufacturers. So we've been engaging them and also engage the ministry, the advising ministry. So they are aware of what's going on and the challenges we are facing. One of the major challenges that we have brought up to them is government patronage. You know, if you, you, you have your own product and you don't patronize it, it's difficult for others to come and patronize you. If you, that is part of that product, don't patronize. And that's what we have been pushing us across to the regulatory uh, uh, agencies, especially that of the NADDC and the supervisory ministry. We want them to, to have faith in us because they, 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 they know what we are doing. They are the ones that come for inspection. They, see, they, they understand the process that all these vehicles pass through before we put them on the road. So since they understand, they need to communicate uh, more and again, make uh, people be aware of what we are doing and let people have faith in it. Number two, part of what we want government to do for us is that of ports. If you get to ports now, you see the congestion in ports. Sometimes you want to bring in some material. You want to bring in SKD and things like that. But you notice that these products spend like two, three months in the ports. So we want a situation where you can get bring this thing in and clear them as 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 possible. Part of what we we will have loved the agency to advocate and help us with is this annual remark of the of the the license. I think to me is the the period, the tenor of the, the duration of the license is too short. We can make the renewal to be to be five years, at least five years. Maybe if maybe to start with three, three years. But if they can renew for you and you have been on for like six years, then it should be five years so that you don't go through the same process every year, every year. So all these are what we want the regulatory agencies to, to, to address for us. So with this, and then funding, that's why Nigerians go for second hand vehicles. Most of the people are not afford to buy new vehicles. We know new vehicles are better, but, are more, but they are more expensive. In developed world, they are funding at 5%, 4%, even 30% uh, rate. In Nigeria, it's difficult for people to buy vehicles at commercial rate of 20 21%. It will be very, very difficult. So if government can provide some funding for people who want to buy, it will encourage people to buy new vehicles. People like new vehicles if they have the money. So we are looking at citizen funding, making the licensing registration process seamless, and then do something about the port congestion. Very important points uh, you mentioned here. Even tax considerations are also quite important in this issue. Yes. 
Now, so Sanjay mentioned something about leveraging, you know, the cargo, and that relates to logistics, which is a major challenge in Africa. Now, what role is the AFCFTA expected to play in this imagined transition to electric vehicle use across the continent? Because, of course, we're talking logistics and we're talking transport. Well, definitely, it is going to play a very major role for us to achieve it because now with the ongoing thing, when the uh, when it's kicked on fully, the Africa Free Trade Zone Treaty will kick on fully. So that would mean that the local content done from Nigeria can be used to export across everywhere in Africa, which will be like, you know, it will put uh, uh, Nigeria, uh, what we are trying to achieve will put Nigeria into the map of the world so that products from Nigeria will be patronized across the African country. So, and when we are looking at uh, at Jet, we want to associate Jet as a synonym of quality. So when you're looking at a global brand to be projected, Definitely, it is going to uh, uh, go a long way in uh, helping uh, put Nigeria's economy also because with the kind of uh, uh, wealth creation as well as job creation which will come into place with, with, with the correct uh, correct regulatory authorities putting into the, as you clearly mentioned earlier about the subsidies and the grants to be offered with, with regards to taxation so that more and more people are encouraged to adapt into the greener future. Yeah, so I- if, we go, if, we look, if we look at other parts of the world, to buy, to buy, to encourage people to adapt uh, greener t- uh, energy tech vehicles and everything. The governments over there themselves come out with schemes so that when people buy the vehicles, they are given rebates or subsidies to ensure that more and more people uh, uh, get into the thing so that they get those ex- additional benefits because the initial cost of acquisition for the uh, electric vehicles is still on the high side when compared to the normal internal combustion engines. But over a few, over a period of time with the transitioning of the technology, as well as the uh, development of the spare parts related to the uh, uh, electric motor and everything, it will become more and more uh, accessible. So that way the pricing will start reducing. But at the initial stage for now, it is still on the high side. So are there plans already on ground for partnerships or moves to scale across national borders from Nigeria to other countries across Africa? I'm considering the plan to leverage the Africa Continental Free Trade Area Agreement. Absolutely. We are actually keen on exploring that field and we are very much open for partnerships and corporations across African borders. As a matter of fact, right now we have the Jetmover brand available we have done in Nigeria and Ghana and then but we are looking to expand it to other African countries also in the near future. Interesting. Now let's get to the area of skill gap and spare parts. How huge is the skills gap in the electric vehicle maintenance and how are you dealing with this and with the non-availability of spare parts um, here on the continent? My colleague, uh, the technical guy, Mr. Ebuka, he will give you a proper explanation on this. Okay, for the technical um, gap for, on the EVs and spare parts, for the EVs, we have a very reduced number of maintenance. Unlike the ICE vehicles, where you have servicing on a regular, changing of oil, issues with the internal combustion engine, timing and the rest. But for EV, we have a very few number of moving parts. Basically, the EV battery, which is one of the major components, like a traction motor, this items are meant to last for a very long time. For the EV battery, for the jet mover, we have a battery that has a charging cycle of over 4,000. So making it possible for this battery to last for over 11 years. So now you don't have to do a lot of maintenance on it. Even though we know that there is a lot of maintenance gap in our part of the, of the world, 
we are currently having a lot of trainings, a lot of technical trainings for our people here currently, making them understand how this vehicle works and what and what needs to be done. But it is a reduced number of maintenance. So the skill gap is not actually much. We believe that in a very small time, we'll be able to pass this skill across and they'll be able to understand and know how to manage this vehicle very, very well. Now for parts, you mentioned about parts. For the EV, it's not like the internal combustion engine vehicle where you have a lot of moving parts that are being replaced on a regular. They are very, very few. So we don't have issues of having fake parts and no fake parts. Most of the moving parts are basically suspension parts. We already have a lot of problem with that. In 2019, Jet Motors had a plan to introduce other lines of vehicles, including pickups, SUVs, sedans, by 2022. Now, how is this plan coming along and what are other future plans that Jet Motors has uh, in store? Well, the plans are still very much in place. We are still looking at all I can tell you at this juncture is the other product lineups are in development process. It's about uh, to start with. Uh, part of the reasons why yeah, our initial plan was to ensure that we, we kick on this thing and so that all the research and development which we have put in place to uh, go ahead with the pickups and the SUVs. But, you know, the COVID situation came in and then it put us back a bit across, not just us, across everywhere in the world, uh, it, it got affected. But all said and done, uh, it's still work in progress, development is going on. Because as I mentioned earlier, one of my things to you, that we want people to associate JET as a synonym of quality. It would have been very easier for me to go ahead and bring all the kind of model lineup so that in my profile, then apart from having just the bus, what we have currently. But what we wanted is we wanted to be sure of what we are doing. So, because we don't want to compromise anything when it comes to quality. So, uh, in that regard, we, we, we stick on to just the minibus because when, and then try and test it because with, based on the feedbacks and the uh, adaptability, because bear in mind that the vehicles, what we are doing, are tropicalized for the usage in the African terrain. So, and, and you know, if, if the vehicle can work around on the road conditions, what we encounter in, in Nigeria, definitely they can work around any part of the world. So this shock, like what I can tell you is like the shocks are made more sturdier, uh, the uh, suspensions are made stronger, the ground clearance is still looking into, and then you talk of uh, some other aspects when you're looking at uh, uh, the heat, the heat culture and everything of the road and everything. So, you know, putting in all those things, we have adapted the vehicle in such a way so that it can adapt the road conditions, what is prevalent. So, and so we, 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 we wanted to be sure of the quality of what we do. That's the reason we stayed on to only the minibus for now, that is the jet mover. But going down the period, definitely by sometime next year, you will start looking at the other models also. Okay, interesting. Now, some countries have set dates to implement the net zero emission agreement. And what does this mean for jet motors? Is this a blessing in disguise? And then to add to that, how important is the partnership with God is Good Limited, the Korean logistics company, in raising awareness and also adoption? Yes, as I said earlier, a lot of countries have set uh, targets for moving from ICE to electric vehicles with zero emission. We have countries that have set 2035, 2040, 2050. It's a blessing, really, because it means we that have started here were in the right direction. And it means that is where the whole world is moving. It means we also are moving in the direction where the whole world is moving toward. So if everyone is moving toward that direction, it means like something in it. And as I said earlier, we, we can't afford to be left behind. So it's a blessing to us. It means more more 
more more people or more company we enter the space a lot of other company we join let lot of other manufacturers we come in and start manufacturing uh, electric vehicle it means they are going to be the 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 knowledge gap you mentioned earlier there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be trained exposed to the technology then the, the gap the knowledge gap which we we, we we have to bridge it so as more people are going toward this this zero uh, emission engine the knowledge gap will be bridged then apart from that there is something in developed country that i think we need i just need to digress to this we need to have to this those countries that have set this timeline most of them are given in, incentive to their citizens to buy this vehicle. Like in in, uh, in France, they set a target and also they gave in, incentives uh, as much as 7,000 euros for people that buy new electric vehicles. Uh, Britain, that's UK, they have set their own and they give as much as 2,500 pounds for people that that drop their ICE and buy a new one. In Spain, in fact, Spain gives as much as 12,000 uh, euro incentive. So when you look at this, it, it means that governments in the Western world are trying everything possible to make sure that people embrace this. So it's a blessing to us because we know that a time will come, our government too, we need to do something in order to encourage people. I'm moving to the partnership we have with GIG uh, Logistics. We, we, we try to identify futuristic companies, companies that are looking at the future. I know that the future is technology. So, so based on that, we try to identify them and see what can we do with them, we partner with them. We see this in GIG Logistics. We see this one in GIG Logistics and we try to partner with them. We have this agreement with them that we are going to provide for them electric vehicle. That's the cargo version. And they were ready. And in fact, they told us they were very, very excited to work with us. And we started this journey. And by God's grace, we were able to deliver on that promise. So sometime last month, we delivered that. And they too have the same ambition as ours. They want to sustain the environment. They want the future generation to have something a cleaner environment than the one we have now. And since they are working toward that, and that has been our own ambition also, to ensure that we are leading Africa into a new world of mobility. And since they, we have the same ambition, so it's easier for us to work together. And we intend to extend the partnership to other companies, to other entities that have the same ambition as ours and as GIG Logistics. Well, on that exciting note, I say thank you for joining. We've been speaking to a team of experts from Jet Systems Automobile Limited, and we've been talking about how achievable in Africa it is to, trans to transition from patrol to electric vehicles. We're speaking to the head of strategy, Joseph Osanipi. Thank you very much for the time and insight. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Also, thank the, you, yeah, the technical head and technical lead, Uchendu Eboka. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Tony. Thank and you. Director of Sales and Marketing, Sanjay Rupani. Thank you so much, Tony. Yes.
Now, Africa needs to come up with a plan that works and start implementing it while also providing the right environment to transition. Stay on the side of tech. We have more conversations and also more stories about tech. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.